other God like you. So we honor you. We glorify you. We magnify you in this place, God. We thank you for your presence being among us, God. We thank you, God. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us today, physically, spiritually, financially, mentally, emotionally, God, we bind it in the name of Jesus. We speak that it has been broken in Jesus' name, even verbally, God, in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your spirit on today. God, it's not about us. It's all about you. For we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. So God, you get the glory. You get all the honor. You get all the praise. Thank you for our helper, our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Illuminate the word today. Let there be light coming from the word that it penetrates our very beings. And as we open our mouths, God, the word of God will be like a fire devouring everything around us. It'll be like a hammer breaking the rocks into pieces. It will become a two-edged sword in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. I praise you in this place on today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. We have been teaching on knowing who we are in Christ, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we're going to continue that, but I'm going to add more to it. So go with me to St. John, the fifth chapter. St. John, the fifth chapter, I'm going to start at the 17th verse, and we want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto us on today. Amen. And we want to honor him while his word is being read. Hallelujah. St. John, the fifth chapter, beginning at the 17th verse. Hallelujah. And the word of God reads, But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought, sought to the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth these also do the son likewise. For the father loveth the son and showeth him all things that himself do. And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. You may be seated. I want to talk about revealing the father. Revealing the father. Revealing, it means to make known. When something needs to be revealed, it's being uncovered because it was hidden. Now that we are born again, now that we are new creations in Christ Jesus, we talked about old things passing away. Behold, all things have become new. So we are new creatures. We have a new identity, and our identity is in Christ Jesus. So we don't look to the old no more. That old is that old man, that old nature that was driving us, that was compelling us to sin. That old nature in us has died. But the only way we're going to know what has become new is through the renewing of our mind. Being not conformed to this world, molded into the image of this world, doing the things that the world does. We want to be transformed. We want to be renewed. We want to be changed by the renewing of our mind. Then we can prove we will know what the good and acceptable will of God is for our lives. 
If you're not in the word of God, you really are not going to know who you really are. This is why we have so much conflict in the body of Christ. We shouldn't have this amongst us. We shouldn't have division and and conflict. We should have unity. And the reason why unity is not in the body of Christ is because everyone has their own way of thinking. They're not thinking according to the word of God or according to what God has already said. They're thinking according to the world. And when you conform to the patterns of this world, even being born again, you're going to end up having confliction with your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Because you got some in the word and you got some out of the word. And then it's a crying shame. Because when you have the word of God that's put before you, that's going to bring you life, that's going to quicken you and make you come alive, you should be gravitating more to the word because you are not about death no more. You are about life. You are not about darkness no more. You are about light. And you should supposed to let your light shine in the world so your father can be glorified. You should supposed to let his good works come through you so he can be glorified. God want to reveal himself, not only in you, but he want to come through you to let people know that I am Abba. I am father. But in order for him to do this, we can only go in the word and renew our mind, we're going to have to have understanding of what we have read. And the only way we can get that is through the Holy Spirit who illuminates, who shines the light on the Word of God, who give us revelation, who open the Word of God up for us to understand it. Once we get the revelation, y'all, the enemy can't take that. But the problem is, when you just read it, it becomes head knowledge. It's not heart knowledge. This is why the Word Word of God says, Father, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you that the eyes of my heart, my understanding may be enlightened, that I may know the hope of your calling and the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. God, I want that power to come through me so I can reveal you unto the world we're not revealing him because we don't know him as our father come on somebody when you have a good good father like I have a good good father sitting over here I want to reveal him to the world when I go somewhere I'm gonna say well you may know me by Elijah they call him skeet and I'll talk about my father because I know how good he is and I know how much he loved me and I know he's gonna be there for me come on when it comes to your heavenly father it's no way that you can come in contact With the power of God like that to keep your mouth shut. And the only why you, the reason why you keeping your mouth shut is because you don't know him. You know the world more than you know him because whomever you talk about and act like the most, that's who you know. And people get mad because I reveal the father. Come on church. Who are you revealing? Who do people see when they see you? 
Are you revealing the Father? When I was sitting there before him, y'all, it's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. It's nothing like just sitting before him and saying, Abba, Father, what do you want to say this morning? God, what do you want to do? God, what do you want to say unto your people? I know what I want to say, but that may not be what you want to say. Father, I need for you to breathe on me this morning. I need the breath of life to be breathed upon me. Because though I'm tired and feel like I don't want to make it, somebody need for you to be revealed. So here I am, Father. I wait on you. I wait on you for, for you to show me you, Father. Take me where you want me to be in this word, not where I want to be. I want you to take me to a place with you, Father. And then the Father said, I can hear it ringing in my ears. So you can hear the word ringing out. You can hear the word sounding right before you when you've been in it. And I heard Jesus say, he said, what I see the Father do. That's what I do. God said, I want you to start there. So I just waited a little bit more on him. And then I heard him said, revealing the father. And it starts out in this chapter. And it talks about, first of all, the pool of Bethesda. And we know that they were people that was laying by that pool. That they were lame. It was sick, sick folks, but... They knew it was a season, a time that was going to come where the angel of the Lord was going to come down and the angel was going to touch that pool, stir up that pool. They knew that the first one that would go into that pool would be healed of whatever disease or whatever sickness that they had. So guess what they did? They waited by the pool because they knew that the time and season is here for me to get what I need. How many of us wait? How many of us, in spite of how we feel, we say, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. I'm not going to wait on a release or no medication, but I'm going to wait on the power of God to come in. I want to be. So they waited by the pool. And if they were waiting, there was a man that was laying there that was crippled, that was lame. And Jesus asked him. And Jesus said when Jesus saw him lie there and knew that he had been there a long time. Listen to how long this man had been here, y'all. It said 30 and 8 years. This man had been in this condition for 38 years. And Jesus said, will thou be made whole? Come on, Jesus. What you think? I'm not just laying here for nothing. You already know the angel going to stir up the pool. What? Don't you think I want to be made whole? But listen what the man said. Sir, I have no man. That's the problem. Sir, I have no man. What man are you waiting on to make you whole? He says, sir, I have no man. See, we wait on man to figure it out for us when we go through, Jennifer. We wait on man to do this, that, or as they say, this, that, or the third, whatever that is. 
That's a new language, right? What does that mean? But we wait on man. He said, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. Ask your neighbor, say, what man are you waiting on? To give you what you already got. Oh, y'all don't get it? You waiting on a man to do something and you got it already in you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, something getting stirred up. And then he said, now he go to other excuse, I'm waiting on a man to put me in the pool. But then he said, but while I'm coming, now I'm coming, I'm getting there. Another step down before me. We use excuse after excuse after excuse. Jesus said unto him, rise. Take up thy bed and walk. Now listen at this. Check this now. Remember this man said he was waiting for a man to put him in the pool. Then he said as he was going to the pool, somebody stepped in front of him. But the only thing Jesus said, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And listen at this. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Wait a minute now. How in the world? He said he didn't have a man, right? So he didn't have nobody to put him in the pool. And even while he was coming to get in the pool, somebody stepped before him. But when Jesus come on the scene, and when Jesus give him a command, rise up. Come on, what did he do? He got up. Why do y'all think he really got up? He had faith in Jesus, but he had to take another step that he didn't have to take before. And seemed like this would have been harder than waiting on somebody to put you in the pool. He just said, rise up. The words that Jesus spoke bought life. It bought something on the inside of this man that nobody else could bring for him because he came in contact with the father. Jesus was revealing the father. And when the word speaks, it gives you something that you ain't never had before while you waiting on somebody you need to be in the word you need to see what the word has to say first and foremost so after all this had happened now y'all it was on the sabbath day you know traditions say on the sabbath day don't touch nothing don't eat nothing don't go nowhere don't work don't do nothing but the problem is jesus is the sabbath he is the sabbath So we make days more important than who he is. Jesus is the Sabbath. We have people that say on this day you do nothing. So people are supposed to die because you can't do nothing. So this is what Jesus did. So when they asked the man about what had happened to him, he began to explain it. But he didn't know Jesus. Come on, we can get healed but still don't know him. We can get healed, but still don't know him. And that's the problem. When things happen in your life, you shouldn't just cast him aside because you got what you wanted. And that's what we do when we get what we want for Jesus. When we heal, we go on about our business and we begin to do what we done before. I'm going to give you proof. When you get further down here, verse 12 said, then they asked him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? 
And he that was healed was not who he was. Isn't that something? For Jesus had conveyed himself away and multiple being in the place. Listen to what Jesus said in 14. Afterward, Jesus finded him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. This is what I'm saying. We have things that take place, transpire in our life through the word of God. And we know that no man did it but God. But then we go out and we begin to do the same things that we were doing before that we should not have been doing. And then we wonder why things come back upon us. Jesus said, go and sin no more. Did anybody Bible say, say that? Come on, we get happy and we begin to be tempted by the enemy with certain things that we should not be doing. But we end up doing them anyway because you said, if I got over this time, I'm going to get over this time. But Jesus said, go and sin no more. Then we get to the part when they were upset with Jesus because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. The traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. See, we have so many men and women trying to live by tradition, by the law. And when you live by the law, you have condemnation, you have guilt, and it brings sin back into your life when he done away with it. So Jesus, they were ready to come at Jesus because of what was done. And this is what Jesus told them, verse 17. But Jesus answered them, my father worketh hitherto and I work. Jesus said, my father's work is not going to cease because of your law. This is the problem with the church. Because of what man say, we cease the work of God. Because of what man say, we let people die in their sins. We don't use what God has given us because of what man say. Is that what God said? So Jesus said it again, but Jesus answered them, my father worketh hitherto and I work. So Jesus was saying, whatever the father do, that's what I'm going to do. But this is where God stopped me. He stopped me right at that verse. And he said, I want you to notice something in that verse. And I said, what father? He said, how could he work if he didn't know me as his father? He called me, he said, my father, you got to make this personal. It's all about relationship. He knew who his father was and he didn't go outside of what his father said. So God took me to this. How does this relate to us? Go with me. Oh, we're going to hit this real good. Can we hit this real good? We ain't going to hit it and then you're going to act like you don't know. Because once I give it to you, you ain't ignorant no more. You know. So if you don't want to know, you better leave. Because you're going to be held accountable for what you were told, y'all. See, this is the problem. People act like they don't know, but you heard it. Listen at this right here and how this um, relates to us. When we look at, we got to recognize him as our father. That's the first thing. And when we become born again, he does become our father, but he come become our father, not through what we done, but through what his son did. Let's verify this in John, the first chapter, verses 12 through 13. Y'all, I think I know what the problem is in the body of Christ. People don't want to be taught no more. 
People want to be preached at, but they don't want to be taught. Some people think, oh, wasn't service good today? Well, what did you learn? You can't tell them. Because the only thing you heard was a bunch of hollering and hooping. You didn't hear anything else. People don't have time to be taught because this is why I believe some people holler and hoop to keep you awake. To keep you alert. So you can pay attention to them hollering and hooping and only one sweating is the pulpit. John 1, 12 through 13, Amplified. Listen at this. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, that's Jesus, he gave the authority, the power, the privilege, the right to become the children of God. That is to those who believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. So we have become the children of God through Jesus Christ. Through what Jesus have done, not through anything that we have done. Now Jesus is our brother. Amen. And then it said, who owe their birth, neither to blood, nor to the will of the flesh, that of physical impulse, nor to the will of man, that of a natural father, but to God, they are born of God. So being born again did not come through our bloodline, our heritage. It did not come through a sexual desire. It did not come through the will of a man. It come from God. So we have to understand that because of Jesus, we can call him Abba. We can call him Father. And then there's another scripture. Look at Romans 8.15. It says, for the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. So you have received the spirit of adoption. You know how you can have a child in your home and they're not your biological child, but once you adopt them, they get what the other children get. So we have a spirit of adoption in us and that spirit of adoption that's in us lets us know that we are children of God. So we have to first recognize that God is our father. And until we recognize that God is our father, we cannot reveal him unto the world because we have not accepted him as our father, even though we're born again. Some of us born again don't even recognize God as father. And he's father through Jesus Christ. So Jesus could reveal him, could make him known because he knew who he was. He is my father. He's God, my father. You know, we call him Lord. Lord mean that he is my master. Everything that the father do, that's what I'm going to do. So we, we have to be able to know him as father. Ask your neighbor, say, do you really know him as your father? Say, if you do, why are you asking man? Oh, wow. We do this all the time. We know him as our father, but we really don't go to him as a loving father. We don't go to him because we don't know who he really is. We're not spending that time with him. We're not making connection with him. Because whatever God tell us to do is not to harm us. 
God tell us what to do because he know what we can do in him and through him. He knows these things. So the more we trust and rely on him as being our father, come what may, we know who our father is and we know what he's going to do even before anything happens because we've been with the father before everything happens, y'all. He prepare us for what's yet to come. He don't allow anything to sneak up on you. Come on, you may have a bill or something to sneak up on you, but our Father which is in heaven reminds us, I have already supplied that need according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus by Christ. So why are you worried about the need? Stamp it paid. Because he's our Father. He loves us so much. And he want us to be able to come to his throne of mercy in our time of need. And we can come to him boldly with an insurance because we're saying you're my father because of what your son did. So I'm coming in your son's name. And even when I'm coming in your son's name, I'm partaking of what your son have because it belongs to me. I'm an heir of God, but I'm a joint heir because of Jesus Christ. So it's already mine, regardless of what I said, regardless of what I did, you're my father. And you're not going to leave me, Father. You're not going to forsake me. Because you're my Father. So we got to develop a relationship with the Father. And a loving Father always tell us, it's not about you. When we go to him, he reminds us, come on, you don't come to me with you. You come to me with what I already done through my son. So you don't come to me with, look what somebody did to me. Jesus took care of all those, look what everybody done to me. When you come to me, you have to realize that you're denying you. That it ain't about you no more. It's all about me. Each time you come to me with you, you ain't let go of you. When you saying, what about me? The people care about how I feel. I ain't seen nobody. Nobody loved me, but I have a father. Who loves me outside of everybody. When I come, come on, love, when we look at the Father, we don't go on how we feel to know that He still loves me. See, we go on how we feel or how somebody treat us to say, if somebody can treat you so good and hate your guts. Y'all didn't know? Somebody can give you money every time you ask and hate your guts. And you think they love you. And then you find out they're talking about all the time you've been borrowing money. Now you're really hurt. But you can go to God and tell him everything. And it goes nowhere. It stays with the father. And the father don't entrust nobody with what you have except the ones that he know that can be trusted. So he only sends the ones with the word that he can trust to give you the word that it won't go worldwide and letting people know your business. He got to take you out of a place to put you in a place. But we don't want to be taken out of a place to be put in a place. God said, I want you in position with me. He ain't about you. Quit coming to me with you. That's selfishness. God, I don't have no job. God, I don't have no money. Huh? So Jesus, y'all didn't know what he did. He denied himself. 
He had to take on a fleshly body in order to die on our behalf. So he said, Father, if it is your will, let this cup pass from me. Not my will. Come on, he didn't make it about him. The father knew he was hurting. Jesus was hurting, y'all. He was in the flesh, but he didn't let flesh rule. Because he was led by the spirit of God. He knew his purpose. He knew his plan. He knew his father knew what was best for him. God, you know I must die so they can live. So I'm willing to die for them for something I didn't do. Are you willing to die for somebody that you know you didn't do it, but they said you did, but you died of you because you know who you are. And you know your father. So it's a relationship. It's getting to know him as father where you can have conversations with your father. But you know what the problem is? Sometimes we can't have conversations without earthly father. Sometimes earthly fathers is nowhere to be found. You got some fathers that have children and just act like they don't have no children. Those are the children that the father God picks up and let them know I'm your father. And because I'm your father, I want you to love your earthly father because you're a part of me now. No matter what your earthly father did or did not do, I want you to reveal my love unto them outside of how. See, we always talk about this one wasn't there, that one wasn't there, my mother wasn't there. Oh, Go with me to Psalms 27. Listen at this, y'all. In Psalms 27, the word will show us everything. Listen at this. In Psalms 27, it says, I know it's in here. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. When my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Y'all, I'm going to tell you, I was watching this true story. It was about this young boy who went from foster home to foster home. He got in a foster home that this lady said she was saved. She was born again, and she acted like she was on the outside, but the inside was tore up. So they gave her all the kids. So if she got all the kids, she got all the money. So her and her husband was living off of that money, dealing with those kids. But it was one little boy that when he would wake up in the morning, he would look at himself in the mirror and he would say, who am I? Who do I belong to? So when he went downstairs to eat with them round the table, the foster mom would say, what is the rules? And the other girl would say, give him this rule, give him this rule. The rules were for him. Nobody wants you. You will not amount to anything. You're dumb. You're stupid. Repeat after me. So he had to hear this every morning. But when he went to school, guess what? He was very smart. He was so smart that they wanted to send him um, somewhere that would elevate him and give him something for college. But he had to take the packet home and have the foster mom to sign it. That was the only way he could go. So when he took it home to have the foster mom to sign it, she told him, I'm not signing anything. 
Give it to me. Let me look at it. She was playing games with him. She looked at it and act like she was going to sign it and she tore it up. So they wondered why he couldn't get in the program. He didn't say nothing to anybody because she had something over on him that he never told anybody. But when he was sitting there, they said, okay, we're going to send another form home and we're going to come over there and explain it to her. So she got mad because see, God was turning the tables. Everything the enemy meant for his harm, my God, Abba Father was turning it around and making it for his good. What am I telling you? You may be in a bad place, but remember God is there protecting even when it looked like they're beating you down. God has a plan and he has a purpose. This little boy. What ended up happening with this little boy, the reason why she had something over on him is because she promised him that he would get to know who his parents was. He said, I'm going to call your parents. You can get to know them and maybe y'all can come back together. So he was staying in that abusive home because he said she knew who his father and his mother was. Finally, this woman end up injuring him so bad hitting him with an ashtray that it knocked him unconscious he still wouldn't tell them what she did because she told him if you tell anybody you will never know who your family is so he kept it to himself but all in the end of this a nurse came in don't God have a ram in the bush The nurse knew something was not right. She began to talk with him. He wouldn't say yes. He wouldn't say no. The doctor got involved. They called social services. Social services got involved. Finally, the the foster mom come back in there and said, if you say anything, I, she said, if you don't say nothing, I'll call your mom when you get home. He didn't say anything. They sent him back in the home, but she said, come back after school. We'll call your mom. He stood at the door. The other foster child was there. She told the foster child, I'm calling my mama. My mama never answered the phone. So he woke up. He went back after um, she had not beat him badly. And guess what? Another Another social worker called her and said, I already know what you've done to him. He said, so turn back his rights over to us and we'll find somewhere for him to go or you're going to get locked up. She signed the papers. He ended up going into a home with this man that helped him get the scholarship. He found out his mother died. He found out his daddy died. They were not even alive. This young man grew up to help other children, became very rich, and had a family of his own. What am I saying? God was there all the time. God was using people all the time, but through his devastation. Through him getting beat, through him going through, he didn't understand what's so wrong with me that I'm getting beat this way. Have you ever been so beat down in your life by family, by people, and you know you've done nothing wrong? But you've been beat down. God got a plan for you. He got a purpose for your life. And even in those beat downs, God always sends somebody to encourage you, to let you know you're going to make it. So I'm telling you, don't give up. We have a father who can. It don't matter how bad the situation may look. Don't think you're not going to go through anything. God is breaking you to make you into whom he will have for you to be. And now this young man is helping children all over the world. He has an organization. Look how God had to allow him to go through something. For him to be something for somebody else. 
Jesus went through on the cross so we can become righteous through him. So we got to understand our identity is not in us. This is not in what we do or how we do it or when we do it. It is in Jesus Christ. God sees Jesus, his son. He don't see us. So when we come to him, that's why Jesus said, when you come to the father, you can ask him anything in my name. See, that name is what saved you. That name is what heals you. That name is what delivers you. That name is what prospers you. That name is what gives you life and give it to you more abundantly. So when you go to him, you don't go to him on you. You go to him based on Jesus. And when we understand who we are and whose we are, whatever come, we can stand on that. And said, it's not about how I feel on this morning. Because people can say stuff that would anger you. They can tell you you're not going to make it. They can tell you your mother didn't make it. Your father didn't make it. But I am going to make it because I know who I am in him. So you got to know who you really belong to. People identify people by their family, their earthly family. But when you got a new family in Christ Jesus, you don't have to be ashamed of where you're from. You don't have to be ashamed. We get ashamed when people identify us with who our earthly daddy is, our earthly mama, because of what they're doing. But when you're revealing the father, you ain't revealing them. You're revealing your heavenly father. You're different from your earthly father and your earthly mother. You don't have to do what they done. So why are you ashamed because they're doing what they're doing? If that's what they choose, let them choose it. But reveal who you are in him. People need to quit. Reveal who you are in him. But you can't do that until you get to know him. You got to spend time with him. When we spend time with our earthly father, we have things that we deposit in our heart. We have good moments. We have bad moments. And those good moments, they outweigh some of the bad moments. But if all of them been so bad, you see yourself as worthless because that's what they said. You see yourself as mounting to nothing. You see yourself as stupid because that's what they said. But when you become to know God, you ain't concerned about what they said no more. But you go into them and say, I forgive you for what you said to me all those years. For how you made me feel like I was nothing. For how you put everybody else above me. It's okay now. Because my father loves me in spite of me. In spite of my dirt. In spite of everything that I ever done. My father loves me. So I know his love. So I don't have to lean on your love. Because you can't give me what my father can. But I got a message for you. You can share in this love if you want it. Because if it wasn't because of me knowing him, I wouldn't be coming to you to say, forgive me. That if I'd done something for you to feel the way you feel about me, forgive me. 
Some fathers hate their children because they're really not their children. They don't know if they're their children or not. Some fathers hate their children because they feel like, you know, the wife is giving more attention to that child because that father been rejected all those years and they're seeing the children get more attention than they're getting. So they hate the children. But when you come to know God, it ain't about you being adopted no more. It ain't about your mother or your father leaving you. You found a verse that said, my God would never, ever leave me, nor shall he forsake me. He will be with me even until the end. So when you're around natural fathers and mothers and siblings, you ain't acting like them. Because you come from a different kingdom. You come from a place that's totally different than they are. So you're supposed to reveal where you... Y'all, come on now. You're supposed to reveal where you come from. But we're so full of hurt and anger and wanting people to see us that they can't see him. Because we're making it about us. Oh, I ain't through yet. Recognizing God as your father. You got to go in this good book right here. Have y'all ever been in here? Okay, you say you've been, but have you stayed? Have you made your home in here? Meaning that I can't leave morning, noon, or night before I get in here. Because when I get in here, change takes place. And God is showing me this. Y'all know we talked about a caterpillar and that caterpillar is first a caterpillar and then it changed into a beautiful bu- butterfly. But the Lord began to show me something when I was talking to y'all. He said that caterpillar struggles to be transformed. Because it's a lot of things going on around that caterpillar. So when that caterpillar want to become a butterfly, it dies before it blooms. Why? Because somebody come up on that caterpillar and say, you ugly. You never make it. You don't supposed to be in my house, right, Athea? So you kill it before it get to know what it's going to become. The enemy used people to kill your transformation. Before you be able to change into that new creation that God has created you to be. So he said, I want you to kill that dream in them. I want you to kill what God has purposed for them. I don't want them to see it. Because if they see it, they're going to begin to do it. And then transformation is going to take place. And then they're going to go back for more. I don't want them to go back for more. I want them to think that they're worthless. I want them to think that they're useless. I want them to think that they'll never amount to anything. I want you to use their father. I want you to use their mother. Especially when the bills are not paid. I want you to use them. Right when they think that they're going somewhere. I want you to knock them down. But I got to have the ones that really can knock them down. A boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, or a wife. The ones that they think that really love them and are there for them. I want you to knock them down. Make them feel like they ain't going to make it because you ain't making it. So why should they make it? 
Make them feel like they don't deserve what they're being offered. So how can you? I'm getting to the next part. So we want to know him as father. We got to get to know him as our father. We're making connection with him. Come on, it's more than just being born again, people. Come on, it's more than just going out and telling people you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. See, they need to be raised up. They need to be taught. They need to be in a place that they can be taught, not traditional. They don't need to be in a place where they're up under law saying you got to do this for God to do that. No, you don't. If you don't do this, God ain't going to do this. You got to be in a place to tell them what God has already done. You got to tell them about his grace, his mercy, his loving kindness. Even when you weren't worth dying for, he died for you because he demonstrated his love for you. He proved it while yet you were a sinner. Christ died for you. He didn't wait on you to get it right. He just held up his hands and said, I surrender everything for them. It was love on the cross. How do I know? You see how my hands are scratched out? Spell love all the way across. You see from my head to my feet? Spell love all the way down and it'll work. Draw you a cross and put love on it. Because it was about love. And that's one thing we don't know. Because if we really knew God is love, we wouldn't treat people any kind of way because they're treating us some kind of way. We wouldn't get rid of people because they ain't acting like we want them to act. You're supposed to reveal the father and show them how they're supposed to act. Not get rid of them because they're acting stupid. That's one. Let's talk about two. Separated from the world. Hold it right there. Now that I'm born again and I'm getting to know him as my father and we're making a connection. Listen at this. Second Corinthians 6:17 says the expanded Bible. Therefore, leave those people come out from their midst and be separated, says the Lord. I didn't say it. Don't get mad at me. See, people that don't know the Bible, when you speak across the pulpit concerning the word, they're mad at you. And then it says, touch nothing that is unclean, polluted, defiled, and I will accept, receive, welcome you. I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You know what God was saying? Here Paul was bringing back what was spoken in the book of Isaiah 52. What God was saying, unclean mean... You don't go out and do what the world does. See, you're supposed to be representing the new you. You're supposed to be revealing the father. So let me, let me break it down to you. I remember when um, me and my husband, we got saved. And um, where he used to work, they would have like Christmas dinners. And during that Christmas dinner, you know, you eat, you fellowship. So we were amongst some people that did not know God, Right. But you can be amongst them, but it's how you carry yourself before them. And let me tell you something. When it was time for the party, let's talk. The party. We ate together. We talked. But when it was time for the party, 
When the music got turned up, we turned out. Help me somebody. Help me somebody. I'm revealing the father. The father don't stay in a place that he's come out of. If I have come out of that place, why I want to stay in that place and shake a goose feather, whatever you call it. I only know some of those terms. Turn up, turn out, turn in, whatever y'all call it. I don't do that no more. If I'm going to reveal the father, I'm going to leave out of that place. Not lest the father got a word for the place. And once he give the word, I ain't staying in the place and say, turn it up. That's with family and everything. Family reunions. Let's talk, please. You know they turn up, turn out doing family reunions. They talk Jesus, but then they don't be about Jesus. And you sitting there watching them shake a tail feather. So if you're watching them shake the tail feather, they say, "Uh uh-huh, they want to do what I'm doing because they still here. Bye. Bye. I graciously leave because that's not me no more. Come on, somebody. Come on. Hmm. Some people don't really agree with that. But we don't live that way no more. I didn't come to the father to do what I used to do. I come to the father because he brought me out of that world. I'm in the world, but I'm no longer of the world. So I can go on my job and they can be cutting up and acting foolish. But I'm not going to be a part of it, even though I'm around the foolishness. They're going to know, oh, you saved. Yes, ma'am. Because I ain't doing what you do. I ain't joking like you joking. I ain't putting nobody down like you putting them down. I'm going to build them up. No, you shouldn't have said what you said. What if they said that concerning you? That's wrong. When you reveal the father, you coming from a different place. So he know that you can't be taken out of this world. He said you're in it, but don't be of it. You don't agree with conversations that don't line up with the word of God. If they say, Amanda, is that true? No, that's not true. People get mad at me when they, when they talk in foolishness and I come in and say, no, I got to contradict that with the truth. That's not what the word say. Come on now. People look at you, oh, you too holy. You call it whatever you want to do. I'm holy on the inside. Now I'm bringing it on the outside. And it ain't part of your makeup, but it's a part of mine. So, hey, this is how it is, Christian folk. These are Christian folk. These are the ones that sit at a table. Y'all, let me tell y'all this. This is so funny. We were going to Highway 55. Used to be called Andy's. I go in there for a burger. I sit down to eat my burger. I remember I'm sitting at the table, y'all music playing. I didn't know nothing about no music playing because I wasn't into it. I'm into my sandwich. I had somebody sitting to the table with me. They were a blast from the past. They could name every song that come on. I said, what are you talking about? What did that have to do with you? These things just stir up stuff. (laughs) It takes you back. It don't take me nowhere. I know where I am. Then you have some people you go in the restaurant with, they be doing this under the table. The beat hit them just right. Be bopping. Or singing to it. 
Have you ever caught yourself singing to something that was old? We all, oh Jesus. Time to get up and get out of here. Oh Jesus. So when you recognize, you just don't join in with it. You cast it down. That's why the Bible says, pull down every stronghold. Cast down every imagination. Come on, it's taking you back to Barry White and Luther Vandross and Teddy Pendergrass. Getting on to take you. Some of you still listen to that mood music, Christians. And say it's okay because you with your husband, you with your wife, you with that devil. Why would you listen to that and you're born again? Why would you need Teddy in your bedroom and you're born again? Oh, y'all don't want to talk. Y'all don't want to talk because it's messing up your groove thing. Now you don't know how to get it on no more because you got to lose Teddy. Or Luther. So if you lose them, the romance is gone. Y'all probably, when I mention one of them, you probably heard, turn out the lights. Let's light a candle. I'm just making it real because I'm just hearing. You can't, God don't miss nothing. Jennifer, I don't know what you were listening to. (laughs) Jennifer didn't need no help. (laughs) So we got to separate ourselves. We separate ourselves. Look, thank you, Holy Ghost. Don't try this with me. Don't separate yourself and in your heart you want to be there. Quit, Quit playing them cards with me. Some of you want to be there with family so bad you acting like you're holy. You want to be right in the midst of them because you missed that. That means you really, let's go back to number one. You really don't know him as father. You feel left out because you feel like they're having a good time and you're not. You go home with your head down and talk about them. Why are you talking about them? Because you want to be about them. They don't invite me. I know why they don't invite me, because I'm holy. I got me some Jesus. So if you know you that, why you have to tell people that? That's why they don't come over here. Might be another reason why they don't come over there, because you might be too holy that they can't even sit down. Somebody say, tell it. So he want us to separate. Now, let's quit doing these prayers and say, Lord, if you don't want me here, tell me to leave. <laughs> You've been in here lately? Lord, give me some kind of sign. Hmm. Exodus 19.6, check this out. This is the reason why we got to be separated this is what God was telling the Israelites through Moses he always have to have a spokesman he got to have somebody that will tell it for him because God is a spirit (laughs) 
He need a body. Exodus 19, 6, it said, you will be my kingdom of priests, a holy nation set apart to serve God and bring others to him. Look at that. You must tell the Israelites, the the sons, the children of Israel, these words. I'm telling y'all this miracle temple. You must live a set apart life. That's what holy mean. That mean that you are set apart. Now that don't mean you stuck up. That don't mean that you think you better than anybody else and look down on them because Jesus didn't look down on us. He looked up, didn't he? He looked to the father. So we have to live a holy set apart life. And then when we live that life, it says that we're set apart to serve God and bring others to him. How can you bring somebody to him if you acting like them? If you're cutting up and cutting the food like them with one mouth, you're telling them about Jesus. And then with the next mouth, oh girl. See, you got to let your conversation be seasoned with salt. Salt don't lose this. Amen. It don't. Because the, 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 when you taste salt and you get used to tasting that salt, when you don't have the taste for that salt no more. What's wrong? Or when you have too much. And you still got to keep adding to it. You want more of it don't you? Because it's so good. When we get into the word. The Bible say taste. You got to taste it first to see. You got to taste it first to see. Get a taste of it. I'm telling you to. Get a double dose of this right here. You can commit suicide with the word. You can. Y'all, you can be in the word so much, self die. That's suicide. Now God is being glorified. Some of us don't want to commit suicide. Some of us still want to live that life we have always lived. But the more we get into the word, nobody don't have to tell you to get rid of nothing. The more you come in contact with the word, you don't do the same thing. You don't, come on, quit play acting. I'm saying, some of us are play acting. We are hypocrites. We're saying we don't, but we want to. The heart got to line up with the lips. We're saying we don't want a man, but we're begging God every night for somebody on the other side. We're saying I'm so in love with Jesus, I don't miss no man. Huh, we are right. That's why some of them units just did what they had to do. They shouldn't have, but they did. (laughs) But anyway, we're looking at the word of God and how when we get connected with him, we will separate. When you get to know him as your father, you do what he does, not what the world is doing. And this is how you do it. Living a separate life requires knowing what the word of God says and doing what the word of God says. Living a separate life is knowing what the word of God says and doing what the word of God says. You know what I'm hearing? I heard this. I heard somebody say, you come in here at the right time. And somebody needed to hear this. Because your lifestyle ain't like adding up to who you calling on there's supposed to be a change so it takes the word of god to do this y'all 
You can't do it opposite to the word of God. Whomever you spend more time with is what you become. If you spend more time with Facebook, if you spend more time with social media, you become in social media. You don't even need to go up there no more because you can tell everybody everything. If you spend more time to see what this one is doing and that one is doing, what are you doing? If you can talk about more what they're doing on Facebook than you can talk about Jesus, you own Facebook more than you are about Jesus. Yes, I said it. And then what happens is y'all don't know you being sought up, as Deacon Newton say, sought up for a kill. Because all you seeing is what they're doing and make you want to do it and think you're getting left out. So you join in secretly. How do I do that, Apostle Amanda? Because you're still scrolling. You in with what they're doing because you're scrolling with them. Whatever they post, it is written. You're reading what's written. It's getting in your heart. Now you're acting like what was written. So how do we do this? How do we be separated through the word? Listen to what Deuteronomy 4 verse 5 says. I'm reading out the expanded. He said, look, I have taught you the laws, the statutes, the ordinance, the requirements, and the rules the Lord my God commanded me. This is Moses. Moses was teaching them God's laws. He was teaching them God's way of doing things. What am I teaching you? I'm giving you the word of God. That's why we need to come into the house of God to get the word of God so we can come into unity with one another so you won't have no isms and schisms in the body of Christ. So he said, now you can obey the laws in the land you're entering, in the land you will take possess. possess. When we know what the word of God says, we can live in this world and we can begin to take possession of what God has already given us through Jesus Christ. So he said, that's the only way you're going to be able to do it is to know the laws. Then he said, obey these laws carefully, keep guard and do obey in order to show the other nations that you have wisdom and understanding, discernment. When they hear about these laws, they will say this great nation of Israel is wise and understanding and discerning. This is how it's supposed to be for us. When we go into the word of God, we don't just go in there to read it. We go in there to hear what the word of God is saying and we do it. You have not, you do not know the word until you do what the word is saying. That's just like our children. Sometimes our children say, I love you. Well, if you love me, you do what I ask you to do. Ain't that something? I love you. Well, why aren't you doing it? And then the whole conversation dropped. Nothing else can be said. When you love a person and you know that person loves you, you know that person is not going to steer you wrong. You know that person is going to give you what need to be given in a loving way. But the enemy want rebels. So see what the enemy want? He want us to rebel against God. He want us to be in stubbornness and rebellion. So when God reveals himself to you and tell you, don't do this, he's revealing the love of the Father to let you know you're going to get caught up in something if you do it. Then know you already made up your mind, you stubborn self. You hearing it, but you already made up your mind what you're going to do because you spent more time meditating on it. You spent more time seeing yourself with it. So you agreeing. Now you're becoming a liar. But you know what you're going to do. Now you got to go through what you did. 
So it takes the word of God in order for us to reveal him because he is the word. So when we go into the word, that's what we're supposed to be revealing is the word. And then it takes meditation, y'all, to observe his laws, to do what the word of God is saying. We got to meditate on it day and night. He told Joshua, this is the only way you're going to prosper. This is the only way you're going to have good success is meditating on the word day and night. And then you can be successful. And this is what I love, y'all. Oh, God is just so good. I don't have to go and try to get nothing. Whatever I need will come to me. Believe it or not, when I honor God and I honor his word, I don't have to speak Philippians 4.19 every day. Because I'm living Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. My ground is blessed. My storehouses is blessed. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Everything my hands touch is blessed. The blessings of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow to it. I am a lender and not a borrower. I am above and not beneath y'all. Because guess what? I'm doing what the words say, not doing to get, but because I know my father, I'm living his word and everything I need just drops. You don't have to keep quoting nothing. Just live it. When the Bible say give, don't withhold. Give and it shall be given, but you got to. You can't shut up your hands. You got to hear the Lord when he's speaking. And you got to give it, quit looking at the outside of what a person has. You give from the heart. And God speaks to your heart. This is why we got to guard our heart with our all diligence for out of it comes the issues of life. When you guard your heart, you guarding against the things of the world. And you making sure it don't become tainted. You're making sure it becomes pliable, cultivated through the word of God. So every day when you're living this life through the word of God, everything comes to you. You don't have to work hard to get it. You already got it. The floodgates of heaven begin to open on your behalf and you don't have to spend a whole day begging God for something because you speaking, you decreeing and declaring what you already have. You seeing it. But it takes separating. You got to separate from these things that you have become attached to. So this one has this. And that don't mean you're supposed to have it. My brother got a new car. That don't mean you're supposed to have a new car. My sister got a new house. That don't mean you need a new house. Somebody just won the lottery. That don't mean you got to go play numbers. Somebody is living a life outside of marriage. That don't mean you living a life outside of marriage. You in the world, but you're not of the world. You don't do what the world does. Their husband is whining and dining them every night. And 
Your husband is paying the bills and loving you the way you should be loved. Like Christ loved the church. Do you need flowers to prove it? Her husband gave her a diamond ring. Now you want a bigger one, huh? Everything that look good on the outside don't mean it's good on the end. Your life does not consist of the abundance that you have. Our problem is we're looking too much to the world. And we're not looking to Abba, Father. Because he is our Father. And we have to look to him. Because he is the author and finisher of our faith. And our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be his name. His name is holy. His name is worthy. His name, when we hear that name, we should see ourselves at awe. Before that, we should be bragging on that name. Let me tell you about my father. Let me tell you how good he is. Let me tell you how he takes care of me. This is why David could say, the Lord is my shepherd. Because he had an experience with God. That's why he wrote all these psalms through the experiences that he had through his good times, his bad times. David was writing these psalms to let us know of his goodness, his mercy, his loving kindness. It is time for us as the people of God to get to know him. The more you get to know him, the less you will put up with what man is doing. And you will promote what God is doing and has already done. And you can just live a normal life without... Let me tell you something. Jesus got spiritually angry. He didn't have an anger of coming against one another. Y'all hear what I'm saying? When we show the love of the Father, I don't come against Tyson. Because this is the way Tyson feel. And this is the way I feel. I don't talk about Tyson. I love Tyson with the love of the father and whether he's right or whether he's wrong, it shouldn't change how I feel because I'm riding on the father's love, not how I feel. So I have to go to the father and say, father, I'm feeling one way. Tyson feeling the other. So father, you got to help me. You got to show me how to go to Tyson. I don't know what to do or how to do, but I know you do father. So I need to hear from you. So what the father do, he said, all right, Jesus, you the brother. Jesus said, all right, Holy Spirit, take this. See, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now they're giving it to me and it come directly from the Father. Because Jesus is the word. And then the Holy Spirit is only testifying to the word. So the word gave it to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gave it to me. He reminded me of what the word saying. Y'all don't get it. So when I'm talking to the Father, the Father just links it right on through. Say, give this to your sister. Hallelujah. Ain't God good? Y'all, I'm not even through. But I'm going to let you marinate. And let's see what next Sunday brings. Because man, when you connect with the Father. And his glory comes upon you. Everything else that was consuming you does not matter. 
Because you know that your father already know the beginning and the end of it. He's the author and the finisher. So father, thank you. I don't know, but I know you know because you're all knowing. So father, I'm going to leave this in your hands and I'm going to let you do what you need to do in me and through me. Athea Lofton. On my phone, that next song, Consume Me, I need that. Isn't God good? All the time. And God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.